the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. Former President Trump was indicted yesterday on federal charges over his efforts to subvert American democracy and overturn the results of the 2020 presidential elections which he lost the third indictment brought against Trump, who now faces a total of 78 criminal counts and $40 million and growing legal bill. I bring that up because it's a big headline news. Also because about one year from today, plus a couple of months, 14 months, we're going to be smack dab in the presidential elections. Depending on who's favored to win, wall street may take a different liking or a different feeling or flavor, if you will. It's always something on Wall Street. There's always something. And it's really easy to talk yourself into or out of anything tied towards staying in the market or changing your risk profile. I like moderation and moderation. I'm telling you, 14 months from now, it could be a totally different game. With obviously uh, the clock turning or the calendar turning, I guess the primaries will start to heat up at the beginning of the year. What do we have? Yesterday, the Nasdaq was down one half of a percent, roughly. S&P 500 was down one quarter of a percent. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 20 basis points. The Dow Jones was helped enormously by Caterpillar, which had a very strong day. I own shares of Caterpillar. As I've said in the last year, I have started to, maybe the last two years, I've started to move my portfolio towards a little more growth in income and a little less growth. Now, I'm still probably 95% growth. So I'm not really moving very fast, but I should because I have enough. That's another question. That's another thought, though. Uh, JetBlue was lower yesterday. Uh, ultimately, what that comes down to is they warned of a slowdown in domestic air travel. Southwest said the same thing last week. Now, again, we know that there's big travel overseas, but the summer is starting to come to an end. Be interesting to see how Americans fare in a higher interest rate environment. Mortgage rates, for instance, are higher, and you're seeing less demand for mortgages. Less demand for mortgages means less mortgage economic activity associated with it. When you buy a home, a lot of people make money. When you uh, stay in a home, different types of money is made. Uh, Home Depot and Lowe's, home improvement, for instance. U.S. job openings fell to 9.6 million in June. That's lowest level in over two years. That's positive news. If you want the Federal Reserve to stop raising interest rates and potentially lower interest rates. Elsewhere, some of the big stories of the day. I think this is worthy of, of bringing up and just giving it like a tip of the hat. Sound of Freedom, the anti-Hollywood box office hit um, with a budget of 14 million and no A-list talent. Sounds of Freedom has raked in over $149 million in the U.S. and Canada. That's ahead of Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, part one, 
and not far behind Indiana Jones. That's pretty impressive. Just throwing that down there for you. Um, it's about child sex trafficking. I know I should watch it, but I don't know if I can watch it. U.S. credit rating gets downgraded by Fitch yesterday. The credit assessor knocked the U.S. credit rating from gold standard AAA to AA plus, citing the country's growing debt burden and the erosion of governance, which is a mention that the Republicans and Democrats aren't getting along when it comes to the debt ceiling. I don't like the way the Republicans held the debt ceiling hostage. I don't think that should ever be done by either party. Um, I know. I know if that's the only political capital you have to get your message through, you're going to do it. But I think it's a really bad idea for all Americans because our cost of debt goes higher. And we are a nation of debtors. Last time the U.S. received a credit downgrade was in 2011 when the S&P sent it to AA+, which is where it's at now, causing market mayhem. Past president and U.S. economic official said Fitch was off its rocker for the decision. Um, it does seem a little weird that it was two months after the debt ceiling was resolved. What else do we have as far as yesterday? This is kind of interesting, kind of not. Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, which filed for bankruptcy back in April. Its buyer was Overstock.com. Um, Overstock does the Beyond Bed Bath uh, does the bedding and the bath stuff for your home. It's a good combination in theory. Um, it's just going to be, a, it's a better brand than overstock.com because overstock.com has things like couches and, and rugs that really, I don't know. Am I going to ever invest in it? No. So I, I might as well move on if that's, if that's the point, right? Um, Miami is shrinking. Miami-Dade County lost nearly 80,000 people between 2020 and 2022. Higher housing costs, inconsistent job market, um, drove people away. Maybe it was the future of finance and crypto kind of losing a little bit of its luster. Now, maybe that mess is there. Maybe some people want to know. But California is getting more rich people, even though there's higher taxes. The pool of wearing sweaters... Um, at the beach remains just so strong. The good force of California sunshine is strong. State added 116,000 plus millionaire taxpayers from the end of 2019 through 2021. Um, that's kind of nice. <clears throat> Amazon expanded its virtual healthcare service, Amazon Clinic, to all 50 states. Essentially, for $30 to $40, you can get ailments that are like acne. Um, hay fever. You can get prescriptions done through a virtual clinic. I think that's a great thing for those who don't have insurance. Um, Amazon also has the medical one, one medical that is more expensive. It's a $200 subscription and it gets you a real more of a a real doctor in your kind of real clinic that you could visit. Um, They're all real doctors. I should be very careful how I said that. But those are two services now that are, I think, fairly attractive. Is it great if you have cancer? No. Is it great if you have been hit by a car? No. Let's move on to what we're seeing today as far as some of the bigger issues that we're dealing with. Uh, Market participants are cognizant that the huge gain in June was not corroborated by the June employment situation report. ADP private sector payrolls increased 324,000. 
ADP has also reported that job stayers saw their lowest year-over-year pay increase. A large portion of the gains in July came from the Leisure Hospitality Group. Advanced Micro, Starbucks, CVS, Yum Brands, Kraft Heinz, Pinterest, and DuPont were all amongst the headliners in a huge show of earnings since yesterday. I saw AMD moving a little higher. CVS had a really nice quarter moving a little higher. We'll get to some of this other issues in just a second. So let's go back to that Fitch ratings downgrade. Um, it would appear the market participants either agreed with Secretary Yellen or reverted to the 2011 approach during the downgrade uh, by Standard Poor's where treasuries were viewed as a safe haven. The thinking being that the U.S. Treasury market is still the biggest, most liquid government bond market in the world as holder of the world's reserve currency. This could become a political uh, issue. I don't think it's going to be all that huge, nor do I think it will last all that long before it gets upgraded again. But again, it does make you cognizant that the U.S. has a lot of debt. And in the last two years, year and a half, we've seen interest rates move aggressively higher. And that's uh, not going to be good as we have to pay those bills. Low interest rates help stimulate the economy for you and me, but also for the government. Dow's down 198, the Nasdaq's down 250, the SP 500's down 44. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, big event coming up in August. Toll House Hotel, seven tests for retirement readiness with CFP Chad Burton, Los Gatos at the Toll House Hotel. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. The importance of finding gurus or Buddhas or voices to follow on Wall Street. I always think it's important to find people that you trust, to use outside sources, to help your inner voice feel calm by their outward voice. The Wizard of Wharton is someone that I believe in. I'm not saying he's always going to be right. But I'm saying when I see his material across my desk, I grab it and I read it over. I'll do a show one day soon where I talk about all the voices or as many of the voices that I can that I have marked in Google so that when research or information hits the web with their name tied towards it, I get a copy or at least I get to know where they're at. The Wizard of Wharton predicts stocks will hit record highs and sees only a 30% chance of recession. Jeremy Siegel is the Wizard of Wharton. He expects stocks to hit fresh highs. He sees only a 30% chance of recession. He says the Fed may be done with hiking rates and might cut them if needed. Mr. Siegel 
is a retired professor. He views the strong U.S. economy as a positive for stocks and company profits. Ultimately, that's my bottom line. When I tell you why I believe in Wall Street, more so than Bitcoin, more so than real estate, I believe in real estate, but more so I believe in stocks because of the U.S. economy. When we have jobs, we spend. When we spend, we push the economy. When the economy is pushed, the economy is in the flavor of capitalism. Capitalism tends to earn money. Not always. Sometimes you have high labor costs that you need to pare back. Sometimes you have low demand. There's issues. But Mr. Siegel says stocks are headed to new highs and the risk of recession is plunged to about 30%. He is the Wizard of Wharton. He issued the upbeat forecast in his weekly Wisdom Tree commentary. Now, when I tell you that I have Google Alerts for my non-professional research, this is what I'm talking about. So Google sees that Wisdom Tree has published commentary, has his name on it. Ding! I get a warning in my Gmail. He suggested... The Federal Reserve may be done hiking interest rates and might even cut them if needed. He also touted the U.S. economy's recent strength as powerful support for consumer spending, corporate profits, and asset prices. I like the way he says that. That's not exactly how I would have said it, so I might make that my own. Let's repeat that. The U.S. economy's recent strength is powerful support for consumer spending, corporate profits, and asset prices. If I were to say, if we have jobs, we have economic strength, we have economic strength, that's good for spending. If we have good spending, that's good for corporate profits. If we have corporate profits, that's good for asset prices. Do you see how he and I think very much like? Last week was the best news conference Powell delivered as Fed chairman, so said Mr. Siegel. He praised the central bank chief for taking a more balanced view on the threat of inflation versus the risks of tighter lending. Jerome Powell also signaled that further rate hikes aren't certain. They'll depend on the economic data that rolls in. That is something the Federal Reserve regularly does. Is they say we are data dependent. That's where some people start to have some problems with the Federal Reserve because it seems like they had made up to their minds to raise interest rates to where they are now. Even if the data came in a little bit stronger, which it had recently, not stronger, but uh, how shall we say, cooling of inflation. The Federal Reserve chose not to wait and see if it, if it was a trend that was going to continue. They continued to raise rates. So they weren't that data dependent. Now, again, I may be reading into what they're looking for, and I'm probably wrong. Siegel praised the central bank chief for taking that balanced approach view on the threat of inflation versus the risk of tighter lending. Powell also signaled that further rate hikes aren't certain. They'll depend on the data that rolls in. I'm going to be doing a webinar today, and one of the questions we've asked for participants is, what do you think of Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve? I'll be interested in those results because I think we do a lot of back seat quarterbacking 
backseat driving Monday morning quarterbacking. Why not mix a metaphor? The retired Wharton professor recalled the dire situation earlier this year when multiple regional banks collapsed in March and commodity prices slumped. He thinks that the recent economic activity in the United States is a nice development compared to that. He went further and contrasted with the current backup backdrop. House prices climbed for a fourth straight month in June after dropping for seven months in a row. The money supply is growing again, and the Fed doesn't seem to have gone overboard with its rate hikes given the economy's continued strength. So he's giving Fed Chairman Jerome Powell pretty good marks there. Again, Jeremy Siegel is someone who I enjoy reading. Maybe he's too like-minded, and that's not a good thing. But I think you should have at least 20 things written down, maybe really close to your computer station where you monitor stocks. I think you should have 20 people that you follow. Diane Swank, why not? She's good. But back to Siegel. He contrasted the current backdrop with house prices climbing for a fourth straight month in June after dropping for seven months. That's pretty interesting. Saying that the he's tying the housing market to what the Fed has done so far, saying, yep, there was some weakness, but yes, the economy is resilient. Siegel also highlighted the U.S. gross domestic, gross domestic product, saying it rose by a solid 2.4% last quarter. Jobless claims were modest in July. Consumer sentiment remains buoyant. Robust performance has slashed the chances of the greatest fear for the markets becoming a reality. Not a doom and gloom scenario, not a boom or bust. He's lowered his probability of recession to, to below 50%. If forced to give a probability, he'd say about 30%. Siegel did warn that a flurry of credit card bills, tuition charges, and student loan repayments this fall could undercut consumer demand, the engine of the U.S. economy. But the Fed might respond by cutting rates when that happens, especially when unemployment ticks up and the Biden administration puts pressure on Powell ahead of the presidential election cycle next year. Ultimately, Mr. Siegel says all this economic view is good for stocks and earnings. For now, it looks like the markets are bound to make new highs. And that's some sage advice from someone who's been more right than wrong through the years. I'm Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. Quick quiz for you. What's the hottest stock right now? I'll give you a hint. You put leftovers in it. Okay, I'll just spell it out. It's Tupperware. Tupperware stock up 800% on quite the run. Not much of a leftover, is it? No, it's a delicious leftover. You happen to own it. But if you look at the history of the stock, you don't want anything to do with the company. Just throwing that down there for you. It's a meme stock now, which means less than serious people are going to be holding it and talking about how great it is while they're selling and you're buying. Be very cautious. Up 800% in two weeks. It's all over Reddit's Wall Street Bets board. And that's what's rallied the stock as aggressively as it has. 
In a minute, I'm going to be talking real estate with Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com. But before I get there, I want to tell you about what something is happening with generative AI. And it's pretty impressive. Facebook is working on chatbots that take on personas like Abraham Lincoln or potentially a surfer dude or potentially Albert Einstein or Peter Lynch, the greatest, one of the greatest investors. Let's scratch Peter Lynch. Let's say Warren Buffett. So the chatbots could be ready to be as early as September. You'd feed in, if you're Mark Zuckerberg and Meta, you would feed in all the readings and writings about Warren Buffett that you can't. They're going to offer some search functionality besides being fun. Chatbots hold a trove of U.S. user data on people that go to them. For instance, if you wanted to find the best surf spots in the world or talk surfing, suddenly Meta will know that you like surfing and want to go on a vacation. And suddenly Travelocity is paying a premium advertisement rate to be in that search bot or near that search bot. What's interesting is if... I wanted to talk to Warren Buffett and ask him some investment advice and maybe some of his best phrases. Be fearful when others are greedy. Be greedy when others are fearful. Um, What's a stock you would like? And maybe he would kick out Coca-Cola. But the advertising community would say, I'll pay double. I'll pay triple because I know Rob wants to invest. So Fidelity and Schwab would fight over each other to get their ads placed near that search bot. Chatbot is probably the right way of saying it. It's pretty cool if you think about it. Stop and think for a second of some of the uses in it. For instance, you could have the greatest real estate investor of all time and ask him, you know, what were your best ideas or what motivated you to get started in real estate? And the guy probably had some writing done about him. And that translates into a mortgage company putting an ad right next to it because you're trying to become the next real estate tycoon. You kind of see where it's going, right? And again, I kind of like it. Let's bring in Tony Mendez with BayAreaLoanSource.com. Tony, how are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. So what do you think about the idea of having a chat bot um, that's specifically specifically tied towards a potential advertisement? Um, but it would be kind of cool to have your son talk to Abraham Lincoln and ask them questions about the Gettysburg address. And then suddenly your kids get in advertisements for school supplies. Um, any I, thoughts I on ChatGPT? I mean, I, yeah. I think it's, it's due. Yeah. Um, I think we have the technology. I think that um, that's where a lot of the younger generations, they're, they're kind of fixated on, you know, new technology and the ways that it can, um, you know, explain you know, things to you, um, I think it's going to be well accepted. Yeah, and I think uh, Zuckerberg will be pretty smart and put physical representations of these characters into his metaverse. Um, like, for instance, if you want to talk basketball, why not license Michael Jordan and his history of basketball writings and knowledge? And I think it's a pretty cool idea. Anyhow, um, Lawrence Yoon, Chief Economist, National Association of Realtors, says it's time for investors to cash out on their properties as more and more multi-units are coming into the market during the rents. It's estimated that Builder's main focus is multifamily and will be a continuing trend. What do you think about Lawrence Yoon having such a specific insight into real estate? I know he's an economist, and I know he's tied towards the National Association of Realtors, but that's a pretty actionable call. 
Yeah, and you know, the investors are the ones who came in and, and bought up a lot of the properties and kind of they, they're called the saviors of the collapse of real estate, you know, going back to the Great Recession. And and now they've had a great run is, is what Yoon is saying. And, oh, maybe it's a good time to cash out. But kind of hidden behind all of that is, I don't know if he has an ulterior motive or anything, but, you know, the National Association of Realtors is actually calling for a lot more federal incentives to um, help people with, you know, first-time homebuyers, for example. And they, they might be giving incentives to investors to dump these properties and, and maybe even waive capital gains taxes. They're just trying to find ways to get more inventory in the market. And I don't know if, you know, this has a double-edged sword for for him, if he has some sort of other motive behind it. But I like realist. We, we in our um, side of the business, we like investment properties. Uh, what I always ask our investors is, can you duplicate your scenario? And a lot of people just say no with rents, with the down payment, with especially with the rate. So can you duplicate your scenario? And a lot of people can't. So I guess Lawrence Hume's also kind of saying that things have done well. Reconsider where you are and reconsider if you'd still want to do that. It's probably the nicest thing I've heard him say because you know how realtors and National Association of Realtors get kind of caught up in being cheerleaders for themselves. And <clears throat> even you just mentioning yeah. them calling on the government to make incentives more for the average person. I, I'd almost disagree just theoretically on my first beer into this conversation. I would say the individuals shouldn't really buy stocks or real estate until they have $100,000 saved in ETFs and a career that they feel comfortable settling down into on that real estate. And the first real estate I bought was a home to live in, not necessarily a home to invest with. Thoughts? Yeah, it's you know if you've, if you've been in real estate for a long time and, and you are talking to that investor that's done well, I think you're talking to someone who's a little bit more experienced than that you know person who's just trying to get into it. And um, you know, you're running this as a business. Um, I I don't know if I really like what he said because. Um, you know, I, I've been in the business a long time. I own real estate. Why would I want to give up my property just so a first-time homebuyer can do it? Now, I'm not being greedy. I'm just, and I'm, and I want to, you know, find solutions for uh, first-time homebuyers and affordable housing. And you know, there's a lack of inventory we have. But this is my business. Um, I mean, I, what I might do is find incentives to. Uh, do better 1031 exchange programs, um, longer wait period uh, or waiting um, buying periods during the 1031 so I can maybe shore up my financials and move a single family into a, maybe I have two or three of them and put them into a, a multi-unit or maybe turn my four unit into an apartment building of eight to 10 units, maybe something like that where it can free up a little bit more inventory. But I, I don't know. I, I just don't feel comfortable giving up the, the property that's doing well. I don't think rents are going to be really that affected um, because there's just not enough housing being built, even even as the builders are focusing on these multi-units. So let's change topics ever so slightly. 92% of homeowners have rates below 6%. Not many people want to touch a sub-6% first loan, me included. Um where does that leave people at this point in time as they're trying to qualify for loans and trying to get into homes as a man who works at dairyloansource.com um, and has a radio show on the station and a podcast on the station? Um, that 6% mortgage rate is kind of tricky. 
because it's causing some people to say, stay still. Right. And that's got a couple stories to it. And the, the one that we've been paying attention to is, you know, we were so used to equities going up, rates going, you know, kind of staying level and then they dipped. So we went through this era um, pre Great Recession where people would either just refinance and take cash out or get an equity line. In fact, 2018 through 2020 was a big boom of what they call the, the due dates for the, because a lot of these, um, HELOCs would have a 10-year draw period, and then it would become fully amortized. The interest-only period would disappear, so people were trying to refinance out of it. Luckily, interest rates cooperated, and they were just doing a refinance, and they would just you know, grab that sub-3 or sub-4 or sub-5% interest rate and just pay off that equity line. Now, you know, the first mortgage interest rates, as you said, are over 6% right now. I think they're like 6.84, according to Freddie Mac. And... How do you get that cash out of the property? You're not going to touch that first mortgage. So we're going to go through another wave of, of equity lines, and um, they're going to continue being popular. And there's several ways that people can get those, um, whether it's full doc or what they call non-QM, which is non-qualified mortgage or equity-based uh, um, HELOCs. And so it's going to, we're going to go through another wave. Okay. Any final thoughts as we wrap up in a minute or less? Uh, you know, uh, we got a show later today, and we're going to talk a little bit more about you know the what, what they call bank statement and equity HELOCs. Bank statement loans have been pretty popular for for people who are self-employed, but you can get equity lines for um, for um, self-employed bank statement deposits only. It's a pretty interesting program, but this is kind of the way that we're. I think the the regular homeowner is going to have to start thinking about. How are they going to get money out of their house? Because we've been so used to it. Sounds good. You can find Tony Mendez at BarrierLoanSource.com. What time is your radio show on today live? Two to three. Every Two to three. Pacific time here on KDOW. You can find him at KDOW.biz for more information or real, uh, BarrierRealEstate.com. BarrierLoans.com. That's BarrierLoans.com. Um, that's Tony Mendez. He's done all of my loans in the last 25 years, except for one HELOC he advised on as Bank of America did the loan, as that's where I was banking. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up in August, tied towards retirement readiness. Learn about it at RobBlackShow.com. This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. Let's talk about a weird strategy concept. I've already talked about real estate and interest rates. We've talked about Jeremy Siegel and finding people who you trust, who regularly publish articles or blogs that you can kind of glean information into. I think that's really important. But how about this for a quick concept? Pokemon. Do you remember Pokemon Go a couple years ago? Turned walking around into a quest to capture Pokemon. What was that ultimately about? It racked up over a billion plus downloads. It brought in a billion plus dollars in in in-app purchases, which Apple benefited from because they get that 30% cut. Niantic, the company who made Pokemon Go, hasn't had a big hit They've had numerous attempts since, but got one now, and it's almost the opposite of Pokemon Go. 
Pokemon don't go anywhere. Pokemon listens to you while you sleep. The Pokemon sleep app asks users to catch them all while they're snoozing, while they're sleeping, while they're snoring. It's blasting up the app store rankings with reportedly millions of downloads less than two weeks after launching. The app will listen to you sleep. And if you snore and have deep sleep sounds, you get rewarded with Pokemon to collect in the morning. What's this all about? Okay, there is a tie between the first one and the second one. One was fitness during the day. One was sleep fitness. 10,000 steps active during the day. You're going to live a longer life, they say. If you can max out your REM sleep, you're going to live a longer life, they say. So Niantic is playing into a love affair that Americans have with healthcare apps. Apps are tapping into the $1.5 trillion in growing wellness craze. A recent survey found that more than two in five Americans use healthcare apps, and half of those folks check them daily, which is high engagement, which is really good for advertisers, which is really good for bucks, dollars, 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 dollars. And did you think I was going there when I started talking about Pokemon Go? Some parents loved it because they got their kids out at the park, walking around, trying to catch these stupid video game characters. At least they were at the park in the sunshine. I remember the first time I saw, I left a football, not a football game, a, a hockey game. And we were staying in a hotel, so we walked across the street to the uh, hotel. And there was 30 or 40 people looking at their phones. I'm like, I think something's happened here. I think there's been like a 9-11 event because there's everyone's looking at their phones. And as I got closer, I realized there was a game on their screen and they were catching Pokemon at a park in San Jose. I was like, oh, uh, okay. That's kind of weird. These are all grown adults. It's 11 o'clock at night. What's going on? And people were obsessed with it. Now, I don't think the sleep app will have as much, but I use a sleep app. Um, I use a lot of things to stay asleep and fall back asleep. One of the things I used to do was I'd listen to like ESPN at the lowest volume possible. And that took my mind off the stock market and friends and enemies and everything else that was in my head. Um, now I'll listen to books on tape or I do have one app tied towards meditation called Calm. Um, it's pretty interesting because they have some special guests on occasion like LeBron James and how he talks about how he remains calm in basketball and stuff like that. And it's just like some of it's total BS and some of it's just quite lovely, to be honest with you. Mortgage demand for home buyers drops for the third straight week as interest rates rise. I do think we go into another period of falling home prices after we get through the summer months. But again, that's a weird prediction. I, I don't do weird predictions. Um, I just don't think that's a way to win in the long term. Let's take a quick look at how the markets are doing. Again, I believe in capitalism. I believe in if Americans have jobs and they live in a society of capitalism, it'll eventually create demand, retail, um, buying profits. It's like the underwear gnomes from South Park. Step one. Steal underwear. Step two. 
Step three, big money, profits. What was step two? What was step two? We need to know that part. That's important. And they never told us. Um, Let's take a look at the market numbers because it's a weird kind of day where we see our debt get downgraded in the United States, which means we have to pay a higher interest rate on it in the future. We're not quite bad debt, but we're less than stellar debt. And that has a lot of people worried. Markets opened lower to start the day. Um, but I'll be honest with you, that could be a little bit of the recent run-up that we've had for five straight months on the S&P 500. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, taking a look at the, let's see, hold on, I'm having some problems with my stocks. Um, the Dow's up one-fifth of a percent. The Nasdaq's down one-third of a percent. The S&P 500 is down fractionally. Updating that, as my stock's just updated, the Nasdaq's down 2%. So the day's getting worse as it goes on. The Dow's down eight-tenths of a percent. And the S&P 500's down 1.3%. The Russell 2000 down 1.3%. So it's across the day, the credit downgrade even though it's being dismissed by Washington, D.C. and the White House, stocks are sliding after Fitch downgrades U.S. debt. Um, August so far is not looking as bright as July or the last five months. And that's okay. August and September tend to be a little slippery on the downside. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Think you're in good shape for retirement? Find out how you're really doing with the seven tests of retirement readiness. Join Rob Black and CFP Chad Burton of EP Wealth Advisors, Thursday, August 24th in Los Gatos. They'll walk you through these seven tests to find out whether you are really ready for the retirement you want. Rob will provide timely commentary, and Chad will share specific strategies for taxes, income, long-term care, safe money, investing, life goals, and more. If you have at least $500,000 in investable assets and want to retire better, pass on your estate, and minimize taxes, this event is for you. Find out if you're on the right track with the seven tests of retirement readiness, Thursday, August 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Los Gatos Toll House Hotel. Space is limited, so sign up today at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Can you pass all seven tests? Sign up today online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.